Welcome to Making Waves. I'm Tirza Saro Janes. I am the instructional lead for science and the climate and culture coach at Phoebus High School. My co-host uh, Beth Horn, who's a digital learning specialist, could not be with us today, um, but I am here for the introductory episode of our Making Waves podcast. This podcast is supposed to be just um, authentic girlfriend conversations um, about the difference that makes the difference when people are trying to become healthy, they're trying to thrive, they're trying to make lasting transformations. Um, we just want to talk about what is the difference that makes the difference. Uh, this podcast grew out of conversations, just real conversations that Beth and I would have um, in the library, in the hallway, in a classroom, um, anywhere around the school. And one day someone came up to us and said that they loved to see us in the library because they loved to eavesdrop on our conversations and wondered if maybe we would do a podcast because every time they listen in, they learn so much from us. So we decided to um, think about a podcast. It wasn't ready to launch the podcast yet, but when um, I had an opportunity to be a presenter for Rejuvenate for the district, um, one of my topics was um, the connected and the compassionate classroom. And as I obviously, Beth was the first person I wanted to co-present with me, and during that presentation and preparing for that, we realized it was way bigger than a 75-minute presentation. So we concocted 26 episodes of a podcast that would go in-depth um, and talk about the things that we thought were really important for people to know based on what we did from that initial uh, professional development session. Um, no worries if you didn't have a chance to attend that professional development session. Um, we will catch you up because we're going to actually go over that um, really in depth. And then who knows on any given um, episode of the podcast, we will have guest speakers. We will talk about any of the things that um, help you with your wellness that would make a difference. Um, health and wellness isn't necessarily about you, just your physical fitness or what you eat. Um, it's not even just your mental health. Um, we found in a lot of our discussions and in the work that we do, we both have side hustles. I am the founder of Wild Wellness, uh, Wild Waves Wellness, which is a uh, kind of a coaching kind of a coaching company, um, a wellness company. In my other life, I am a physical therapist. Um, and hold a lot of other certifications like master herbalist and those kind of things. And I help people make lasting, healthy transformations um, kind of just as a side hustle. And Beth did the same thing. She is a fitness expert. And so we had a lot in common. And so we started talking about what is the thing that makes the difference to our clients who really make lasting transformations. And we came up with a few of the secrets. And that's really what the topics for this podcast are supposed to be about. And one of the things, obviously, is your, um, your social and emotional abilities like what are your competencies about knowing and understanding your own emotions and the big key which most of the first episodes of this podcast are going to be are about your communication so for the first episode since Beth couldn't be with us I have a very special guest um, Heather Peterson 
is here and I will let her introduce herself and talk about what she does for the district and um, her expertise is right in line with this um, this podcast and I'm very excited it's like the best get for your first guest um, to have the guru of social emotional learning for Hampton City Schools welcome Heather thank you cheers I'm so excited to be here so I am Heather Peterson I am the director of climate and culture for our division so focusing on both adult and student well-being is a primary focus of the work I do how we create positive of teaching and learning environments, which include taking care of both the adults and students. And as you mentioned, really those social emotional learning skills that we want our adults and students to have command of. Because when we know that we have adults who have more command over their social emotional skills and young people, then it really does create that positive teaching and learning environment that we're looking for. So I'm excited to be here to chat and really think about how we can. really support our difference makers and really take care of ourselves so that we can be the best for our students. Excellent. Well, because the format of this podcast is just authentic girlfriend conversations, I have a couple of questions that I've never asked you before. So one is uh, rejuvenate. How did the idea for Rejuvenate come? What has been its evolution? Um, I've always been excited to be an attendee for the first time, and then every other time I've been a presenter. So I would love to hear a little more about how the idea, where it came from. Sure. So my thought process is way back in the day, this is actually our... 13th year for Rejuvenate. Um, so, so excited. It started as a really small conference for Title I schools. So at the time, it was elementary schools only. But the thought being a conference for teachers by teachers, that the majority of presenters are actually classroom teachers in the trenches that really can share their expertise, gifts, and talents with other teachers. Um, over time, it grew to where we involved middle school. And then over the past five years, it's been a division-wide initiative. So again, it's an opportunity in the summer, late summer, right before school starts for teachers to come in truly to get rejuvenated. Um, We try to make it as professional as possible to really say thank you for all you do, but also here are some really great things that your colleagues are bringing to light and that we want to share with you. Um, So that's really where it's sprung from and just really trying to keep the intention. The past couple of years it evolved to where I really wanted it to specifically focus on the social emotional learning aspect. So this is our third year with that intentional focus. That's awesome. I always come away from rejuvenate feeling like I got more definitely things I can bring to the classroom but always something that helped me as a mom as a wife as a friend Um, I just really love that you focus on the teachers themselves especially at the beginning of the year Um, I think sometimes teachers we spend so much time prepping for the school year and prepping for the classroom and I think we forget we have a seat in that classroom too that's such a huge, huge point. And I think that oftentimes teachers put themselves at the very bottom of the list. And we also know that teachers have personal lives. They don't roll up to the building and throw all their personal things in the trunk and then walk into the building. Just like young people, they have lived experiences. And sometimes we have no idea what's going on with our adults, just like we might not with our students. And so I think it's so important that they have a primary seat in the classroom because their well-being impacts everybody's well-being. I think as women too, we don't, we tend to get that it reversed, that we spend so much energy externally focused on everyone else that we forget that you can't pour from that empty cup. Um, But I think it goes deeper than that. I think we're kind of highly aware of the emotional needs of our families, of our friends, of our parents, of our students, 
but sometimes I think we're a little less aware of our own emotions. Right. And I, I also think that sometimes when we're unaware of our emotions, it can cloud our ability, really, sometimes in the classroom to, to take in and model and help our young people understand their emotions. Sometimes sometimes I feel like it's it's two, two forces pushing together because we can both get in spaces of dysregulation, which again makes that clarity of communication and understanding really a challenge. It is. You have the opportunity to be in a lot of classrooms throughout Hampton City Schools. What do you think is the magic or the difference that makes the difference when you see those teachers who are not just surviving in the classroom, but the ones that are thriving in the classroom, the ones who have students who are thriving? What do you think are some of the key differences that they possess that maybe someone else doesn't? I think that they take true ownership of that classroom, that they know their needs and do have that understanding. And while sometimes they might not meet them all the time, they recognize and prioritize relationship building and doing that through their authentic lens. And that's something that I'm really big about. You can't give a teacher a checklist and say, this is how you build relationships if it doesn't come from a place of authenticity. So I think teachers who really examine who am I, when am I able to bring my best self into the classroom, and then how am I able to share that with my students, but also create space for them to be able to share also. And I think teachers who really give themselves permission to use those teachable moments, who will make themselves a little vulnerable sometimes and share some really important, sometimes even very personal stories so that the best way that we connect through with one another is through narrative, is when I know your story and you're willing to share pieces of your story, then it doesn't make me feel so disconnected from you. So I think that's really the magic is the folks who really are intentional about the relationship building and not just at the beginning of the year that realize, oh my gosh, we're having an off day and they feel ownership in that classroom to say, we need a timeout. We need to regroup. I need to regroup. It might not even be about the kids in that moment, but again, making ourselves vulnerable so that students see we really are a human um, and that we're not just going through the motions. Right. And I think um, I'm really glad that you brought that up, like being authentic and being real. Um, I had the opportunity this week um, which we were we were just sharing a little earlier before we we started the cast, and I think that story is really important. Is that I a couple of um, years ago was very vulnerable and very honest with my students and telling them about experience that happened to me when I was really young, um, and that I was you know I was raped, I was beaten, I was sodomized, I was left for dead, and was talking to them about the healing journey and about how that you can't hold and harbor like hate for someone else and unforgiveness because that's just the, what that's toxic to you that is that is what's keeping you in that frame that your energy is bad it's just not a, a good place to be and they asked me like how did you for you did you forgive your rapist and and I told them that I had that that was part of my healing journey was to let that go but that I had to really examine that I played a part in that in the fact that in my life, throughout the time since that had happened to me, I had used my emotions against someone else. I had used someone else, whether whether it was physical or not physical, I'd used someone else's vulnerability for my own gain. And I felt like that helped me to identify and realize that under any given circumstance, any person can be pushed or put in a situation in which they make a different choice. Um, or get put in a situation like that. And it would be, once I realized that and I saw myself in my rapist and I saw the ability for me to be pushed into a situation in which I would um, lash out at someone else or use them um, in a vulnerable moment for my own need or my own gain, I realized that all of us are capable of that. And Mm -hmm. for me to not forgive that person was really and truly not to forgive myself. 
And it was a very powerful, beautiful moment in the classroom. Um, fast forward four years. Um, just the other day, I was able to re-engage with a student who had been in that class, had no idea I was going to encounter them, asked them what they were doing, and the student told me that he is working in the youth detention center. And I said, I was blown away at first, and I was like, wow, that is so amazing. And he shared with me, he's like, you taught me to see people. You taught me to see their soul, not their actions, not to judge their behavior, but to look at the person behind that behavior. And he said, I work with beautiful souls. And I was just absolutely in tears, and it came full circle. And he, you know, for him to be able to come back and to share with me that I had showed him how to see someone's soul and to look past their situation, past their behavior, um, and, and love them anyway, and that now he's in a position to be able to do that for others. And I think that was with a spurn that made me want to do the presentation at Rejuvenate on our communication, because I think as Beth and I were talking, it's not just your, knowing your triggers and knowing where your trauma is and doing your social-emotional competencies and all of that. I think there's a way of communication that creates compassion. And I think that is the connection. I think that is what, as we talked in our professional development, it was about how do you communicate and using communication as a tool. Because sometimes when we communicate to people, we are putting our biases and our judgments on them, our fears. Our, you know, That's where those triggers come from. Right. Um, you can't be triggered if you're, you're fully healed. Um, but you, can't, you have to go past just being aware of that. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of... Um, what we talked about in, in the, the presentation, just to kind of help catch the audience up on um, what that presentation, it was about nonviolent communication, which really freaks teachers out because we are the last people. We're compassionate and we love and we're here for the children and we are, we, you know, we hate school violence. But we learn in that professional development that any communication that you have that incites internal turmoil or harm in someone else is a precursor to violence. Right. And but by the same token, there's personal violence too. And when you don't aren't aware of your own needs, you're not aware of your own judgments, you're not aware of your own bias, but you're not aware of your own needs and your own emotions, sometimes what you think you are communicating hmm. and what is actually being communicated are two different things. So we talked through scenarios about what is an observation that happens without judgment. So in my house, we talk about what would the camera see? <laughs> Um, and the reason that we do that is my oldest had um, a, struggled a little bit with mental illness, and we needed cameras, one for safety, but also it helped us, because going through therapy, it helped us to know that the way he saw the world and the way we saw the world were two different things, mm. but the camera was an objective third eye that we could say, what did the camera see? And so it helped with that communication, which made me become very keenly aware of making an observation without a judgment or a bias or um, adding anything into it. So we talk about in that PD about how to have real clear observations. And you have to think, Jermon, what did the camera see? What did the microphone pick up? What is just the pure observation? So instead of coming home um, frustrated after a long day of work and realizing that there are no groceries, instead of blowing up about that the observation would be I just looked in the fridge and saw there's no food hmm. and the need that is actually the emotion that's behind that was probably frustration um, and to just acknowledge this happened this is the observation I'm feeling frustrating and feeling that in my own body and then saying I'm frustrated um, but the need that comes from that frustration is I need help right 
I need help with the everyday housework. I'm not superwoman. I can't do it all. And so to clearly communicate to my partner, to my kids, to, to anyone else in my household, it would be, would you be willing to go to the store and pick up the groceries while I do something else. That is a clear walking through the steps of nonviolent communication. It didn't come home and say, oh my God, there's no food in the house, creating a situation in which I'm angry and now my loved ones have to respond to my anger. Right. And they're feeling defensive and they're protecting themselves against my anger when my anger was placed at my, you know, it was really frustration and that I needed help and I wasn't asking for help. And so to be able to understand myself, what is the problem? What am I feeling? What is my need? And clearly communicating what my need was, there was no backlash. There was an opportunity for someone to actually help me. That was a loving, compassionate connection. And that workshop is about how do we create those connections in the classroom. And I love that it wasn't a mandate. Like you could do all the first pieces, but then just by simply would you be willing is almost yes. an invita- invitation, right? And how many times when we're in a space of getting frustrated like that, people are like, why don't you just tell me that you need help? Or why don't you just tell me what you need? But then that's us having to make ourselves vulnerable to realize exactly what you said. We can't do it all. Right. And I think that that can happen even in the classroom sometimes, is that it becomes this island of one, and yet here we have all these young people that are in a space to learn, and how we even distribute that ownership and that capacity building to them, but again, being able to do it through an invitation versus a mandate. Absolutely. A demand gives you two options. You can comply or you can rebel. Right. And Especially teachers who are dealing with adolescents. You know, the first go-to is self-protection is that rebellion. They're trying to establish that that independence. So clearly communicating what is the need that I have. But I think the hardest part is, I think the observation, clearing your observations is easier. I think identifying your feelings. The one group of people that I work with Hmm. would be teachers have the hardest time, and women actually, have the hardest time identifying what is the feeling attached to that. Because I think we think things that are feelings adjacent Mm. are how we use those as descriptors. I'm feeling misunderstood. That's not the feeling. Right. Understanding is that that's not a feeling. Right. That's a thought. Mm. You know, that's a judgment. You know, I'm judging this situation. What I'm feeling is disconnected. What I'm feeling is isolated. What I'm feeling is sad. What I'm feeling, there are all kinds of other feelings that go behind. I feel misunderstood. Right. I feel disrespected. Where is the, what is the emotion there? There's an emotion behind. Um, when kids, when someone is angry, what, you know, we, we say all the time, a lot of, of your trainings, um, you know, that anger is fear's big brother. Right. And that, you know, that that root of it, but being able to truly identify and find what is that feeling. And then the harder part, too, is what is the need that I have based on that feeling? Because if you don't know what the feeling is, you don't really know what your need is. And then your intentionality is off. Right. And you're not able to communicate clearly, like you said, because it's all clouded. And again, you mentioned something that made me think about something that Brad Montague talks about and the fact that our job is compassion, but joy is the oxygen of doing really hard things. And our work is super hard. Mm -hmm. And you can't seek that joy if you haven't unpacked those triggers and those emotions that are possibly clouding what you know those emotions and those triggers are um and again i think the the you asked a little while ago again about those difference makers in the classroom or what you know what makes that difference and i think it's exactly what you are talking about in the fact that sometimes in putting ourselves in that vulnerable space it's really having to say i thought i was feeling this way but you know what actually i am hurt 
Right. And who wants to tell a kid, you hurt me, because that makes it super vulnerable, or even a teammate. And even when we think about this with communication with our colleagues, that is such a barrier sometimes, Mm -hmm. is that we aren't willing to talk about what are the behaviors that we want to commit to when we're together. And then we don't want to circle back around when that commitment's been violated. Because again, what's the observation, just like you said, and what's the emotion that might be attached to it? And a lot of times, it's competence. I don't trust that you're competent enough to do what you say you're going to do. But we don't feel like we have the capacity to be able to share Mm -hmm. what that feeling or true emotion is that we're having. Absolutely. And then you add the layer of administrators. And from both sides. I mean, administrators start out as as teachers too. And then they get so much put on their plate as administrators. And then there's that conflict between teacher and administrator. And no one's tapping into their feelings. And I get frustrated as the climate and culture coach when you go to your administrators and you know you've seen a situation in which they have to be upset that they have there has to be some emotion in there and they're like I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine it's all good and not taking that opportunity to have that vulnerable moment to unpack that I feel like leads to burnout it leads to more stress and it leads I think honestly to distrust right and I think that just the whole platform of this podcast is what we need more of we need to make space for conversations I feel like that's a huge miss for young people I don't feel like we make a lot of space for our students to just be able to talk to put a topic out to practice to be able to say that infuriates me or this is why this makes me feel this way and to be heard for them to be heard because they don't see adults listening to one another or creating spaces where they're being heard either absolutely so I just think how we again get key tools and strategies to be able to do this to know it's more than just going to a one-time PD and I love the fact that you have these companion podcasts to keep that conversation going because that's what's needed Absolutely. And so we really are looking forward to digging in a little deeper, um, going going a little bit more. And we just want them to be authentic. We, you know, Beth and I want to show up here on the studio and we want to just kind of lay it all out. They're not supposed to be um, scripted. They're not to, you know, it's supposed to just be fun, a conversation. And we would invite, any, you know, any of our audience who listen to the podcast, um, you know, comment, send us an email, talk to us, become part of the conversation, ask to be heard, um, have these, you know, discuss the podcast in your buildings, discuss it, you know, amongst yourselves, you know, cross buildings. I think that is so powerful. And honestly, with students, this podcast itself right now is part of the Summer Career College. So um, the production team for this very first episode are rising freshmen. So they are our new babies who haven't even had their first day of high school yet, are here this summer learning um, how to do this and so you will get a chance um, I think near and dear to a teacher's hearts to watch the evolution of something as you will watch them grow as our podcast grows their skills will grow Um, we're kind of in this together and doing this together and so um, I'm very, very excited um, about how this will go. So this will be available um, on a YouTube channel. So we will have a YouTube channel um, that we will, you know, shout out for you so you can just do it on YouTube. But if you're someone who listens to podcasts or you like to, I like to listen when I'm walking or when I'm running or if I'm driving, um, I don't like to have unproductive downtime. Um, certainly folding laundry can be a little bit of unproductive downtime. I don't want to watch Netflix. So sometimes I listen to something that's going to better myself or speak something. So it will be 
available wherever you get your podcast. Um, but we want to keep this conversation going. Yes, absolutely. I and I think I think that call to action is find that person, find that accountability partner who can be the person who helps to spurn those conversations, who can help you when something's gone on and you want to vent to them to be able to say, well, what did you really observe in that situation? And to be able to really think, what is that emotion that is behind that so that we can really help one another? Because that's really what this is Absolutely. about. Last um, last year when we did Rejuvenate, we tried to do a book club and it kind of went. And I think the magic for Beth and I was we had things in common outside of education which gave us a richness and a depth to our conversations. So look for that person. Find that person that you have something else in common with that's outside of your school buildings. Um, You know, I think for 10 months out of the year, we, you know, I think it's 13 months out of the year that we live and breathe um, education and, and school and those things. But we are people. And I think the more that you bring who you are into the classroom and who you are into your buildings, um, the richer and better the environment is for our students, that they see that oh, those are people too. Yes, you, know, you get just, to show up in your best self. We want to invite kids to show up as who they are, and we want to be able to show up. That's where the magic happens. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being our very first guest. It's my um, pleasure. Probably the, the biggest get we could get for this type of topic. Um, someone who's definitely an expert on it, and we look forward to having you back. And we look forward to all of you um, definitely joining us. Um, for the future episodes, like I said, we have 25 more of these that are based on uh, nonviolent communication and learning how to communicate in a way that creates compassion and connection, um, that creates more compassionate living for you. So thank you so much. We will see you on the next episode. 